Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. I am your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Thank you so much for listening. Pleasure having you here, tuning in and listening to the podcast. Truly, it means the world to me and I am very grateful. We are in season three, if you've been keeping up, and this is episode six. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you are not new, welcome back. You can go and catch up to the other episodes. If you're loving this one, you're going to love the rest of them. I have been saying this a bit recently um, in my own personal discoveries, and I want to share this with you. I've been sharing it with my clients, with my therapy clients. This is something that has been helping me. And this is just in relation to pressure. I do a lot of work around perfectionism, the pressure to be perfect, the pressure to perform, the pressure to live up to other people's expectations, or when life doesn't look like how we imagine, we just might feel this pressure. I felt this pressure. And so I was challenged recently and I realized that I can be really hard on myself at times. And the question was, where is the pressure coming from? And I will be honest with you. There was this thought of, well, subconsciously that is this what people expect of Bianca and what they imagine Bianca to be? Does this fit in everyone else's framework in certain instances with certain situations in my life? And so... When I began to realize that, or shall I say, as I'm realizing that, I am asking myself the question and really getting quiet and asking, well, whose opinion matters and whose expectation am I living up to? And is it truly mine? Is this truly who I am? And I believe that for me, loving me is listening to me and my voice and my opinions and my thoughts and not getting so entangled with the expectations of others. To be honest, I really couldn't give a shit. (laughs) For certain things people say, certain people, things people think about or their opinions, it just doesn't matter. And so sometimes we have to quiet down the noise. So my question to you that I would love for you to think about is, If you're experiencing pressure to perform, pressure to be perfect, pressure to move, pressure to take a new job, whatever the pressure is, pressure to marry, pressure to have kids, whatever the pressure is, I really want you to take some time and explore and ask yourself, is this my expectation? You know, is this your expectation or is it someone else's or is it the world's expectation? And when you get quiet enough, you'll hear that truth. So I just wanted to share that with you today. And I think my guest today feels some of this pressure. They are personally a social media influencer. And I know for them, there can be a lot of pressure in that world. But today we're actually talking about his relationship with his mom and how that truly has impacted him whilst growing up. I always like to say people, we don't always talk about the moms, but in particular, just how he felt the relationship 
with his mom would break him. And so we're going to go and talk about what that looked like, his experiences, how that shaped his view of himself and how he would interact with people going forward. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce my guest today, which is Obio Jones. Obio is an advocate, coach, and speaker. He creates content that aims to liberate and educate. His motto is to create space both for yourself and others. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So hello, Obio, and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. What's going on? How are you? I am well. I'm very blessed to have your presence on the podcast. (laughs) Um, For those who don't know, I have another podcast, Authentic Wednesday, and he was on that one. And so he's such an amazing guest. Um, We haven't done a live, an IG live in a long time, but we've always used to do these amazing IG lives. And I just love talking to him. And you're just doing so many amazing things. So it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. So I go straight into it. You know, we shoot straight from him, right? (laughs) Was something you thought would break you, but it didn't? Mm, That's such a heavy question. (laughs) I feel like it's like, you're not someone you're asked questions and you can choose to not be vulnerable. That's one of those questions where it's like vulnerability is not an option. Like you just have to, <laughs> you have to go there. Um, and I think I thought that not having the mother that I wanted would be the thing that would break me. Mm. I recognize in hindsight that she was the mother I needed. You know, I think we think about the things that happen to us that don't feel like they're in our favor, but they teach us things on the back end. But I do think that in the midst of having a mother who wasn't compassionate, wasn't supportive, wasn't um, loving by my definition, I thought it would break me. Mm. Yeah. So take us back to that time. And Mm -hmm. what were the things that you didn't get that you thought, oh, my God, this is not going to help me or this is going to destroy me? What were those things? Yeah, I think you learn a lot of how to show up intimately from your parents in general. Mm -hmm. And I think for my mom, because it wasn't an intimate tie between her and I, I was always worried about how I would show up in friendships, how I would show up in romance, how I would show up just anywhere, you know? And it did, to be fair, it played a pivotal part. Like it was detrimental almost the way in which I handle people. You know, I was afraid of intimacy because the person I think, I, from a young age, thought I was supposed to get the most, feel the most comfortable around. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it enemied my ability to be comfortable with essentially anyone. Really? Uh, yeah, I just couldn't. So what were the things that you didn't get, the intimacy? Can you give us an example of what that was like, what you thought you were going to get or wanted to get from your mom, but but you didn't? Hugs. Reaffirming language. Just all the things I think that how we compartmentalize care, it just really wasn't a thing. And I recognize my mother had her own battles, issues, the things that she mm-hmm. had to go through, like we all do. Mm-hmm. But I think as her son, you just expect, especially whether it's contrived or or rather uh, built from media or whatever, right? I just had my own mm-hmm. my expectations of how I thought my mother should show up. And again, it wasn't 
the language wasn't positive, the the support wasn't loud, the the care wasn't warm, those kinds of things. When we think about that, what we didn't get, and of course we're looking at social media, not not social media, <laughs> we're not that young, but when we're looking right. at the TV or we're looking at friends, what's the story that starts to play out? Because, you know, there's always a story we start telling ourselves when we start comparing and images and then what, what we're not getting and we feel that sense of lack. What's the story you started telling about yourself even because of that? Mm. Mm, that's good. Oh, that's good. I wonder if I felt like I wasn't worthy mm. of it. You know, like maybe this is, maybe I'm not getting this because it's something that I'm not doing. And I think I started to almost perform for my mm-hmm. mother's mm-hmm. support. I think the biggest thing, I probably the major part that I wanted was support. You know, I wanted to feel like I had somebody in the ring with me, somebody in my corner, somebody was going to go to bat for me, somebody who was, if anybody is talking negative about me, the person I know is positive about me is my mom. But that wasn't the case. And so I think it became like, I'm going to start excelling. I'm going to start being really, really good at everything. So that way I can kind of earn this support. I think I started to have that same reality in my platonic and romantic relationships. I wanted to earn that support from my friends, earn my boyfriend's love and affection, earn my, like, I wanted to earn it, you know? And I mm. felt like, I felt like care was to be earned, not to be like given freely. Thank you. That's care was to be earned and not given freely. Mm. So how did that translate? into your romantic relationships or your friendships? What did that look like? I didn't have any romantic relationships because of it. I've had, I mean, I've had like my fair share. I've had, you know, two like kind of real relationships, but mm-hmm. I, even in those, I just felt like, or especially early on, I didn't ever feel comfortable. Like that woo-saw just never really happened. I just never got comfortable in either friendships or relationships or romantic relationships. I just never did. So was there like a blocker, like a wall or just something that was just like, I can't go there? Yeah. I think it's funny because I'm I'm Greek. Not, not Greek, like, or like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, you need to say that. Yeah. Because I look to you like, what? No, no, I'm not Greek. I'm part of a fraternity. And what was funny when I, when I was online, one of my, uh, my line brothers said that you handle like all of us like a really, 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 really good person opposed to a really, really, really good friend. And it really like, that shocked me because I think I knew that, but I think it was interesting that he knew that. Mm. I think sometimes we're performing, especially performing emotions and performing, you know, relationship, we think that we're selling it, right? Mm. And even if we're not actively performing it, but for me, I just always, I don't know if it was a conscious like block, but it was Mm. like a very... I'll help you. I'm mm-hmm. supportive. Mm-hmm. But there was something emotionally that I just did not offer because I wasn't able to take it all off and be comfortable in my transparency within my relationship. So there was always some level of like, I don't feel as close to Obio for some reason. He's supportive. He he shows up for me. But there's something emotionally that's not clicking with him and I. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That makes, that was, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you think that thing was? Did you subconsciously decide when you wasn't getting this from your mom, a response or a way to handle it? 
I think it was that thing that you talked about. I don't know if you still talk about it or not, but when I first started following you, you used to talk about the perfectionism. The perfectionism. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think that was kind of what I was experiencing. I wanted to show up perfect. And I think a big part of feeling comfortable in relationship with people is being okay without being perfect. And I think in my relationships, I was always like very on. I wasn't coming to you in like wrinkled sweatpants or like a dirty t-shirt to you. I was always on. And I think my friends were kind of waiting on me to be off a little bit. Like, oh, yo, can we help you? Can you kind of be the person who needs the assistance in this moment? Or, but it was, I was never comfortable with that. I was I was comfortable being a giver. I'll, I'll help you. I'll support you. I'll offer you a ride. I'll inspire you. I never felt comfortable receiving it. I think you can kind of feel that, like, mm, this feels one sided in the most like weird way with Obia. Good guy, but so what was that that you wouldn't allow them to help you? What do you think? Anything. It was not going down. You you couldn't help me in any way. Like it just wasn't happening. Because mm-hmm. what? Because if they help me, then then now you have access to me in a way that's probably gonna trigger my emotions in a way that my guard will be down. And now I'm susceptible to being hurt, left, mm-hmm. forgotten about, whatever that looks like. Because mm-hmm. even with my mom, there were pockets of, mm-hmm. uh, of good experiences, right? No one's wrong all the time. You know, mm-hmm. even if you guess on a test, some of those answers are going to be mm-hmm. right, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing happened in our relationship where you got to get used to, okay, maybe she's being cool. Uh, no, she's not. All right, maybe she have my back. Oh, no, she you know? <sighs> And likewise to my friendships, it was a very similar experience. I just didn't want to let my guard down and then be like, okay, cool, only to be rejected or mismanaged. So the up and the roller coaster of the emotions with your mom when you felt like, oh, finally we're in this space, you're like, oh, well, I guess not. And then after a while, that gets exhausting and that gets it it makes total sense why you shut down and you're like, I'm gonna put this guard up because I can't take this anymore. Going back to that perfectionism, yeah, I still do all that. But um, <laughs> so you, you're blowing up even more. I don't even show up on your social media now. <laughs> the, the big part about the perfectionism, right, is that fear of rejection, um, which often comes back from our childhood, our parents. And so we learn I have to be perfect because if I'm not, then I'm going to be rejected. No one is going to want to be with me, that kind of thing. And so it makes sense to your response is I'm just going to show up for everyone else and I'm just going to show everyone else I could be perfect so I can still feel like I'm okay and I'm not going to give anyone a chance to tell me anything, anything different. Is that that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. So I'm curious, did you ever say anything to your mom? Yeah, for sure. We've had conversations mm-hmm. and arguments for the, the, the duration of my life, it seems like. But I think my mother had me when she was a little older. Some mother's from a completely different generation, you know, one that doesn't question parents, one that kind of just deals with whatever parent you're given. And that's just the reality of life. And I think also there was a perversion of me that didn't have kind language to express how I felt. So it came off combative. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm emotionally unrushed by the fact that you're, you know, it, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it was like, you know, I, I can't stand you. You see, you're a terrible mom. I hate, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, her being defensive and me being defensive, we're just coming at each other. 
And I think because that was the norm, once I got positive language, it just kind of still, I think, was received from that same that same mm. scope. You still kind of felt it from, even though I'm saying kind language, I'm talking to you calmly, it's, it's received as if the X, Y, and Z, you know? And I think because I didn't have a lot of, like, positive encounters to, like, couple the negative ones, it felt like a browbeaten experience. And so I think it just, again, like just fell on deaf ears, mm-hmm. but we've had a bunch of conversations about the things. When did you start to make the connection that this was from your mom? Um, I know you mentioned what the your fraternity brother said, but when did you start more making more of that connection and becoming more aware? Because that's where the change starts is with our awareness. Yeah, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I met, I remember, I remember my junior year though, I met one of my friends uh, junior year, her name is Brianna. And I mean, just great girl. And she had, she was the only child, two parents, the thing, the parents were really sweet. We always used to go over there and hang out. And they just treated me like a, the son they never had. Hmm. It was a very interesting experience because I think that was probably the first time I had kind of let my guard down around someone. I allowed them to help me. I allowed them to, you know, support me and they, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when I realized my guard was down, I ran. Mm. I never spoke to them again. Like I just stopped speaking to them, like just stopped and just never, and just went to college and and just didn't talk to them again, you know? Uh, I think that was kind of like, Oh, this is a real thing. This is like, this is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that was a reminder because her mother handled me in a way that I wanted my mother to handle me by being completely transparent, you know? And it was uncomfortable because I had never experienced motherly energy that was so motherly, mm-hmm. you know? That wasn't mm-hmm. my experience. And when I think I had it, again, I was like, oh, and my guard's down. Uh-oh. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to dance when I go out. Now you find yourself kind of jigging. Oh, let me get out of here because I said I'm going to dance, you know? And that's kind of how I was feeling. I was going to get exposed. And so I just ran away. And I think that that was kind of a signal. You got some work to do, buddy. Ah. Uh, did you ever go back and talk to them again? Yeah, absolutely. I wrote them a letter. I wrote them a letter my junior year of college, basically apologizing and all the things. Um, and saw them again after that periodically. And then, mm-hmm. of course, them being the dinner that they are, Nothing but love. Cook me some fish. Same at the table talking like nothing happened. You know, all the things. So that was the first time you like, I got something going on. When did or has the healing start? Has the healing started is I guess is the question. Like, have you or are you still in this space where you're still like, uh, where are you? That's such a good question. The healing has started. As the healing, (laughs) 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 how departed are we from the start area? But I think I've 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 grown. My last relationship, he kind of told me that I had a characteristic like my mom, and that was I think a second bomb that I was like, oh shoot, I done picked up some of her energy. Dun, 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 you know, and so that was very helpful because my, my mother's a very judgmental person mm-hmm. and I compartmentalized judgment as well, before him, I was compartmentalizing judgment and standards. I don't do that. I don't do this. this, this that. But there was some air in there that was judging people who did. And I was so grateful for him 
because it allowed me to really do some internal and like integral work. And that part of me is literally dead. I'm so proud of that. Right. Now the the intimacy, discomfort, and stuff like that is still there, if I'm being completely honest, you know. But in terms of me acknowledging that just because I don't do it doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. I think that was mm-hmm. a that was able to really get up out of me as a byproduct of him saying, Hey babe, like, like you're a solid dude, but you got some of that. That's stuff you someone that's in you. And I get it. She's my mom, right? Like, I mean, it was yeah. some of her, some of her was gonna greet. And I think again, just needing that mirror. So the healing is, is has begun, of course, and it's, it's it's a constant journey. There's some areas that are like, yes, we've we've really suppressed or we or really worked on rather. And some areas is like, child, we still kick. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like, right? Because in terms of recognizing the judgment. Especially because I don't feel like it's something you were doing intentionally mm-hmm. and just knowing the kind of person that you are mm-hmm. um, and, and and the work that you do and where you speak from for you to be like, me? I'm judgmental. Okay. okay. How, how, was, <laughs> how was that? I think you, for me, I initially wanted to reject it. Like you're tripping, you're seeing things to check your glasses but i i always say that god never misses the right messenger i think god tends to send the right people and because it was coming from someone who i knew loved me and i knew cared for me intensely i just had to receive it and it allowed me to unpack it essentially but mm-hmm. it was tough because it was an ugly truth Mm. You know, the cute truths are a little easier to unpack. Like, you're messy, babe. Oh, I am kind of messy, huh? <laughs> you know, but it's different when it's like, you're judging people. Like, simple and plain. I think also, like, not even being able to put something cute on top of it. Like, oh, Bianca, like, you're judging, but you're not doing... No, you're judging. Mm. And so it was a tough pill to swallow, but it was a necessary pill to swallow. It was a beautiful journey about of it. Because I, I think from that point on we set up ground brother. hey listen if you hear me judging somebody literally tell me i want to know like and i want because i think also we don't you know, quick little whatever i don't think we know what judgment truly is in terms of language mm. like like this i follow this girl named shan Boudram and i love her but she was talking to someone recently and she was saying you leave me a lot and her sister was saying that's a judgment and she was like how's that a judgment and she was like it's a lot it's subjective mm. And then she was like, okay, well, you like you leave me like, you know, a good amount of times. What is a good amount of times? It's like quantifying things allows us to not be so judgmental. That was kind of what I was doing, right? Like, ain't nobody ever, y'all always, you don't never got they the people who do, you know, that that and that thing was a big thing, right? So I was like, it allowed me to get mindful of my language, which allowed me to stop being so judgmental. Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the language of you always. Why do we all, you people, that kind of thing. One thing I know about judging, because I judge, (laughs) which I think is might be a bit harder, actually, is recognizing the judgment of myself. And um, someone said to me recently, man, you are so hard on yourself. And I'm like, am I? And I was like, I am. And it made me think what am I doing of other people? And I realized the judgment I had about myself and how I looked at other people recently. And mm. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. like, oh. how, how did, did you discover that? Heck yeah. It, it, it was like almost like a mirror. 
the ways in which I handle myself was the ways in which I handle other people. The way I policed myself was how I policed other people. You know, and I think that's probably why it took me a minute to realize it was judgment because for me, it feels like grooming. It feels like bettering. It feels like accountability when it's internal, but no one has employed me to be their accountability partner. <laughs> like, no one's asked me to. <laughs> that wasn't what they said. You know, so me saying OBO, don't go out here and do X, Y, Z in public. That's the OBO standard that I've set. That ain't got nothing to do with anybody else's behavior. But then I would take that same standard that I set and then project it onto other people, which is super unfair. And, you know, it, it's simple. And it could be so many simple things. It could be simple. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't wear that. Why are you wearing this? Like, yeah. why would you wear this out? So my friend had asked me, I'd asked him a question. I was like, don't judge me. And I said, you know what? I, I, I really recently realized some of my own judgments on myself of others. I'm not going to judge you. That's that's not my place. I'm, I'm trying to really get into this place of compassion for myself Oof. so that I could be compassionate. I want to make a point. I don't think there's anything wrong in judging a situation. Mm-hmm. If it's for your safety or is this something I should do? I don't. I also want to say I'm not trying to ban the whole word judgment, but I think it's more about our expectations and why someone is not doing something and that um, how we think it should be done. And so once I am grasping more and more and more, which I think is a journey of self-compassion, I just really don't care what people do. I just, the more I do that, the more I'm like, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Me and my ex had this thing where I would say, okay, he would say, change your judgments into observations. And that helped me a lot as well, you know, because we'll talk often about, like, you have on a blue shirt. It's an observation. I'm not making you better or worse for having a blue shirt on. But me saying blue is tacky, blue, only people who wear blue are, are drug addicts. Now it comes into judgment, right? And I think mm-hmm. that was kind of what I, I was taking that step further. It wasn't just people, like, if I say I don't wear house shoes in public, let's just say, but now I'm making people who do wear houses in public, I don't know, ghetto, whatever that may look like. And that was the problem. And I think that's kind of where I was able to turn that switch up. I'm just observing. This is what I see. And I'm leaving it there. I have, I'm not making any other assumptions about you. I'm not making you bad or good. That's just what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. I love that. The, the not bad or good. Okay. So I appreciate the fact (laughs) that you're working in progress with this intimacy because, you know, sometimes we have stories like, oh, I got through, but I I like that you're coming on here and you're still working through this this stuff that's happened with your mom. And I appreciate you coming on. So talking about your mom, because we don't always talk about moms. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love moms, I, I think that in certain situations because they're the ones that are always there and we don't always look at the impact that they have so I appreciate you for saying that what would you say in this process where you are are the things that are helping you to develop that intimacy and should I say even want the intimacy because I feel like you have to want it to to mm-hmm. do, go do to the healing so what do you feel like is helping you Ooh, conversations like this to be fair, mm-hmm. somebody posted this thing a couple of years ago and said, if you don't come from a good family, make sure a good family comes from you. And I think I've been really, really mindful of like, kind of, I think the whole the whole idea of me is being what I needed. That's how it was birthed. But now I'm more so like being conscious of like, 
the humanitarian in me is like, what do people need? Like, right. And so for me, that's been so cathartic. Um, it's been helpful on this journey. I'm a life coach now. I've started coaching in June. And so like taking on clients for that has been a very interesting experience. Most of them, like not most, about half I refer out because most people need therapy opposed to coaching. It's a little bit different. So, you know, I, I can't, mm-hmm. you know. I appreciate but, that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know, but I think it's interesting that like the ways in which I show up for other people has helped me. I have a coach, so you know, coaching for myself has helped. And then also, like, forgiving. Mm. And, like, finding forgiveness for myself. I think I've I spent a good amount of my life using other people's definitions for everything. And I finally decided to define my terms for me. And, again, my ex, great, great guy, by the way. But, like, he was asking me, like, have you forgiven her? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, of course. And I was like, huh, no, no, you haven't. Mm-hmm. And because I, I, I did hold on to some animosity. I, I wanted reconciliation in some way. I wanted my, my just due. I wanted, I wanted that moment. But when I decided that she was doing the best she could do, whether that's good enough or not, whether that was within my wheelhouse or not, whether that was where I compartmentalize as good or not, irrelevant. She was doing the best she could with what she had. And that's her experience. I have mine. And it's okay. She's okay. Um, again, it doesn't change proximity. I'm still setting my boundaries. But I think for me, forgiving her was a really, 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 really good part. Why I can talk about it now, because people have always asked me. I have my dad on my channel. I have my brother on my channel. I have my sister on my channel. And everybody's like, where is this man's mom? Does he got a mom? And I just always just ignore the comments. I never say anything <laughs> about it. Because I was like, you know, I, don't, I, I have a little whatever. But I think from that healing process, it's just been like, yeah, this is my experience. She's okay. I'm not trying to browbeat her in any way. It's just legitimately my experience. How do you define forgiveness for you? Oh, man. Why did I bring that up? I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) For me personally, I think forgiveness is less about the who and more about the what, for me at least. Mm -hmm. So I started to just recognize about what happened. It wasn't necessarily about her. Because for me, I was so heavy bit on the who, which is why I think my healing didn't start to later on in life. He shouldn't have, and she should have had, and why couldn't she? And she didn't, and and she supposed to be, and as a mom, you supposed to, and why didn't, and everybody's mama. But it was like, what happened? She wasn't there for you emotionally. That's what was affecting you. So I was able to shift it from my hurt, and again, I think again, me shifting that made it less about her, more about what I needed, and allowed me the space and opportunity to say, again, this is the, that's a you thing. You didn't have the capacity. You didn't have the things. That's you. The what, though, I have to do it. Because I think when we get lost in unforgiveness, we never get to deal with the what. Because we've been so much of our life. Well, how did the saying go? Brianna, they say, like, you know, holding hate is like drinking poison and hoping they die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of that same similar thing. When you're focused on the who, you can't deal with the what. And the what is affecting you to this day. The what is what happened. And I was... I didn't care about that what Bianca. I'm like, she should have made me. And I don't know why she ain't. I should have came mm-hmm. to my game and said, I love you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're not dealing with the fact that that left you emotionally scarred. You mm-hmm. can't be vulnerable. You're afraid of intimacy. You're, you're, you're pushing people away. And so once I, again, dealt with the shit to the who to the what, that allowed me to forgive the who and deal with the what. Mm. So yeah. shifting from the who to the what Those is kind of like... That's what it looks like for you in terms of forgiveness. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah it's helped in a lot of ways. <laughs> That's powerful. Okay. <laughs> wow. Where would you say you are today? 
that's funny. I had a prayer call this morning with my friends and we had a similar conversation. And I was saying that I want to find joy, but I have peace. So right, right now I'm, I'm, I'm at a place of peace. I feel peaceful. I feel content. I feel eager. I feel excited. Mm. Um, but I, I am still yearning for joy. Mm. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful thing, joy. Oh, my goodness. It looks like it. It is. Um, it's a, to me, it's better than happiness because mm-hmm. it's it's from within and it doesn't matter the circumstance, you know, that springs forward. So I'll definitely be praying that for you. Thank you. Lift me up. <laughs> what do you want the listener to know? What do you want to leave them with? Uh, first and foremost, you are enough. Mm. You're enough. Doesn't need to be qualified or affirmed. You're enough. Two, I want you to prioritize your own version of self. Um, a lot of people have a lot of opinions and perspectives and ways in which they handle you, but people's reality of you does not dictate your reality of you. Love, mm-hmm. love doesn't necessarily equal friendship, relationship, you know, language, right? But I think just lead in love. And I think mm-hmm. when you lead in love, you know that you did what was necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and lastly, Take your time. Mm. I feel like a lot of us are just rushing. I was saying this today. Life is kind of like a movie, but we don't always give ourselves the the bandwidth to or the capacity or the space to let the full movie play out. We want every part of the the character development to happen each time we encounter someone. And that's just not how life works. You know, mm. I've seen so many movies where in the beginning I hated her, but by the end I loved her. In the beginning, he, I hated him. He was the worst, but then you had to see what made him who, like, who he was and you see the development of him. And it's like, oh, this is human. And the movies humanizes that person. And I think because of social media, we are trying to like curate who we are in 30 seconds and 60 seconds. And so it's kind of rushed us. But I want to like encourage anybody to just be patient with yourself. What you don't have today, you can have tomorrow. And you can try again the week after and the week after and the week after. We are works in progress. I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. course. (laughs) You have me tearing up here. Um, No, no, not too early. um, So what is something messy in your life? Something physically or emotionally or something messy? So I'm a little OCD, so my home is not messy. I I clean a lot. (laughs) Like a lot, a lot, actually. I think what's like chaotic is that the same thing i think what's a little a little chaotic is in the most beautiful way i guess is kind of like my career right now like it's just i I don't know what i am i don't know if i'm coming or going people ask me often like what are your titles i'm like i don't know i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm, i don't know i'm just you know i think again like ironing out the public perception of it all that's kind of has me in a chokehold i'm I'm ironing through those things like which is why i said the advice of prioritizing your own opinions because Mm -hmm. i'm going to put in my life where I'm getting inundated with opinions on an hourly basis almost. So it's like having to really be firm in that, but it gets a little chaotic in my mind. So I'm like, wait, were they, were they right? Or was, mm-hmm. Kinds of things. So it's like a little bit of a, <laughs> they can't see me, but it's a little bit of like a. All over uh, your heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, that's, that's a little messy, but we're, we're cleaning it up slowly and surely. Okay. So are you still doing your full-time job or is it just, you're doing full-time social media influencer now? Yeah, full time social media. Something like yeah. that. But I not your full time job. Yeah. I don't have an out of five, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no more. Not anymore. Yeah, oh. I think we're I think we're going on nine months. So yeah. It's nine months. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I met OBO, I was just joking with him before we got on. I was like, this guy had like 5,000 followers. Really? <laughs> 5,000 followers had a nine to five. Nine to five. And how many you got now? 100,000. 100,000. <laughs> yeah. It's dope. I mean, you're doing great things. So I love yeah. it. Thank so, you. Um, thank you. So, um, because of that, where can people find you and shower you with love? Yeah, I love that. So I always direct people to just go to obojones.com. Everything's built to do there. But you can find me on all social media and the platforms at OBO Ojones um, and everything else. Uh, you can find my website. I have a newsletter that goes out twice a week uh, to keep you abreast of what's what's new. Um, I will be in Louisville in like a week, speaking at University of Louisville. Uh, I'll be in D.C. at the Speak Out Awards. Something is happening that day. And just, yeah, just... Yeah, get the newsletter and you'll stay up up with me. (laughs) Just amazing. Love it. Appreciate you. Thank you you you. so much for being on the podcast. So, great conversation, right? I always love talking to OVO. You know, we've done a lot of lives. He's been on my other, my previous podcast. I've had Authentic Wednesday and we do lives together. And I love always doing the lives because he'll come back with a question. I'll come back with a question. And he's always just thinking and processing and will think about the question and truly come back with an answer that is authentic and true to who he is and not just give an answer. So I'm so appreciative of him when he does that. There was a lot there and I'm really glad he shared the story about his mom um, because I do get a lot of clients talking about the troubling relationships with their mom. I know for the most time of the years, people talk about dads, but it happens with moms too, because we're all humans. And it's not to say that this is intentional with moms, but I do think it's important for something to be aware of and to address and not try your best, even if you feel guilty, knowing that it's not a bad thing because some things did happen and they did impact you. My takeaway is one of the ones I loved is focus on the what instead of the who when it comes to forgiveness. So when we focus on the person, we can kind of get wrapped up in the person versus focusing on the what? What happened? How did this impact me? And how can I move forward? And how can I let go? I know for some people, the word forgiveness is hard. So another alternative I use is letting go. And again, it's not about the person getting away with anything, but letting go the what that you're holding on to, how it's impacted you, and maybe how you might want revenge or that person to apologize and and really kind of looking through that and letting that go kids. In the end, even though we don't want to, it's always what's best in those circumstances. I know sometimes people are frightened if they let go or forgive that that means the person's getting away or that they'll fall back into that pattern, but that's not always the truth. The other thing is being a good person to others and not letting them help you. He talked about how he was a good person to other people, but wasn't necessarily allowing people to do the same for him out of fear of rejection, you know, and of course, from the experiences he had 
from his mom. And thankfully his friends could see that and kind of talk him through that. And I think it was so good for him to highlight that in case you are that person who is good to others, but not letting other people help you. I can relate to that. I'm a great listener. And so sometimes I'm so used to listening, I might not always share. But if you ask me, I'm getting better at sharing without being asked. But if you ask me, I tend to share. So I can totally relate to, you know, being there for others. And then when people ask me, I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Just, you know, being fearful of being weak or what might happen. Right. So I can totally relate. And then the other thing, the last thing is we talk about this a lot is focusing on yourself and focusing on the things that are going to help you, the things that are true to you and not always pointing the fingers at other people, but focusing on yourself. So those are my takeaways. I would love to hear your takeaways. Please tag me on Instagram, authentically be you. I love hearing you. Or if you just want to send me a DM, go ahead and do that. And please don't forget to review and rate the podcast and share this with your family and with your friends. Someone else needs to hear this message. Thank you so much for listening. Were you inspired by this story? Here are some ways you can shower me and the podcast with your appreciation and support. Follow, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Share the podcast via text with your people, with your tribe. Subscribe to the newsletter where I share my personal stories of discovering the beauty within the mess. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at AuthenticallyBU for tips and insights on overcoming perfectionism so you can embrace your imperfections and authentically be you. Thank you so much for listening to the It Didn't Break Me podcast and remember to discover the beauty within the mess.